Welcome to the True Wealth Investors Podcast, a show all about real estate investing to help increase your income, lifestyle, and impact. Hello, welcome to the True Wealth Investors Podcast. I am Chad Harris, and I am joined by my co-host, Chris Mayfield. On this episode, we are talking about when you are starting to invest, how do you decide where to start? Where, what areas or neighborhoods or cities do you pick for that first deal? Okay, we are talking about really how you pick where you want to invest. So that's our discussion for today. And this discussion initiated because a lot of coaching clients, when I first start working with them, they struggle with how do you pick, whether that's a neighborhood to invest in or a city to invest in, just how do you know where to look for deals? Because the information is overwhelming. So I wanted to talk with you about it, Chris, because you're, you know, my background, I'm in one city and I'm picking small neighborhoods or small pockets within that one city. And your background, you're in multiple cities, multiple states, So I thought it would be a good interaction or a good discussion on how do you pick that area? How do you know where to look for those deals? So so what do you think would be some good suggestions for people um, if they're really looking to get started? How do you you nail down that area? Um, Well, I'll come at it at two angles that I think you'll understand. Um, One is based on kind of who you are as a person and personality. Um, If things stress you out uh, and you need a little bit more, um, I don't want to say comfort, but, but, but understanding and controlling your environment, then you're probably going to like going hard just where you're at because you want to get in the car and drive to a property. You want to get in the car and you want to face a person that you're trying to acquire their property. So you just feel more comfortable knowing I'm a car's drive away from handling any kind of situation. Um, that pops up. I think that would be a person that says, Hey, you know, I really want to get involved in the city. And there's some great things about that, man. I love my city. I want to make affordable housing for my city, you know? So you're a person that says, man, my flag is staked in such and such city. And this is where I want to be. And I'm willing to, to grind, to get the deals right here. That's a great, that's a great one. Um, For me, it was probably more relational, And um, coming out of ministry and the type of person I was, um, I was in larger churches with larger teams and always empowering somebody to go start a ministry. And if they said, hey, I feel like I should start this, I would say, okay, well, the first thing you have to do is find two other people that are going to be in this ministry with you. Because if you can't convince those two people of this cause that we're going to go start, you shouldn't be leading that ministry. So, So for me... In my personality, uh, a friend calls me and says, hey, I've got somebody that wants to sell, and it's in Seattle, and I used to plant a church there. And so it it wasn't hard for me to say, okay, then that means I have to do this, this, and this. I've got to get somebody to go look at the house. Okay, I've got a realtor friend. He can go do that. Okay, as far as acquisitions, I can build a personality rapport with the seller on the phone. I'm not intimidated by that because of the person that I am, and I'll go do that. And then, um, okay, so if I get it under contract, then I got to go call a title company. For me, that chase, that system 
makes it more fun. You know, uh, it's kind of like in the movie uh, Billy the Kid, and he's talking about how they're being chased, and they're all sitting in that hot tub because they've been running for the law, and they're all freaked out. But he's like, "Man, don't you love it when they're riding up on you?" And he's like, "Woohoo!" You know, and I'm like, "That's me." I love all of that activity. But my wife is someone who would love, and she's a real estate agent just in our city. So I think it's a personality. And then the second part would be that experiencing God thing that we both know about that wherever God's at work, right? Go be active there and you know, you're in God's will. So wherever you see the opportunities based on your relationships in life, go be involved there. And so if all of your relationships and all of your connections are in one place and you've been blessed to live in that one place your entire life makes perfect sense for you to stake a claim right there. For someone like me coming out of divorce and so many things and moving around, it's easy for me to be in multiple places and not get stressed about it. Sure. I think that's good and good advice or insight. Yeah, I know for me, when I started looking at deals and investing, I was in Kenya, but I was looking at deals in Dayton because I knew those neighborhoods. I knew street by street, block by block. I didn't really have to see what the street was like. I knew that was a good street. That was a bad street. That was, so I think there's a lot to be said um, for me doing it individually. I wanted to know the area well. Yeah. And you said a perfect thing. I don't do real estate in any city that I haven't lived in before, except for Memphis. But I worked for two other individuals that were all into Memphis and I traveled to Memphis, like you said, to get familiar. So yeah, if I'm on the streets in Seattle virtually, I lived there. I know where it's at. If I'm doing something in Dallas-Fort Worth, that's my home state. That's my hometown, Fort Worth. I know that. Now Memphis, I know it. I know there are certain zip codes I'm not going to buy in. I don't even look at the deal when I see those numbers after the address. But it's because, like you said, you were in Kenya, but you knew Dayton. So yeah, there that's a, you know, you do need to be familiar. Don't get taken and say, oh, everybody's involved in Cleveland. So I need to go get involved in Cleveland. No, they have some kind of history. They either bought a house there and then they just went and started driving the streets. But very rarely will you find somebody that gets active in a city that hasn't eventually gone there and become very familiar with it. Yeah. Yeah. I think you have to have more than numbers with real estate. If you just look at numbers, and that ROI on that property is 20%. Well, it could be, but it really <laughs> couldn't be too. You know? <laughs> and um, if you don't know the area, it's going to be hard to know whether those numbers are, are legit or not. So Memphis is a perfect example. I, you know, if I didn't know that place and you said another good thing, it's not just the numbers, real estate, and really any business is relationships, it's people. And so if I don't feel safe about the person taking the pictures of that property, like they know exactly what pictures, because I have a certain way I want them to take pictures, and then they leave the house and they go through and they videotape things that a picture would never show, and then they kind of know my strategy. So, so it's not just blind, and then I know the rehab crews. And they know me and they know the finish that I don't want to overpay for or underpay. So again, there's relationships. I also have a management company that I have a relationship with. They've even bought properties from me 
that I've wholesaled to them that we didn't buy. Why? Because they're on the ground. And it was one that if I was on the ground, I might buy, but because I'm not, they are, my management company knows it and it doesn't scare them like it might for me, but it's all relational. I have people there over time that I've built that understand what I want. And, and so I'm not, yeah, the numbers can't just be it. Sure. I think uh, with picking a city, I mean, your model is great where you have relationships in those remote locations and you're leveraging those relationships. So you're not there physically, but you have a presence, you have a background, you have a history. Um, and so I think that's great. Once and it people- could be for Dallas, Fort Worth and Seattle and Arizona, you're right. I have a history for Memphis. I had to build that. Mm. So the first way I built it was just wholesaling, right? Understanding what other investors are looking at, but always knowing that was a city that I actually wanted to buy property in because it's less capital to still get a good return on a passive income. So, but you're right. You have to, I still think it's highly relational. Yeah. I think once you have your city or once you have your big farm picking that, you know, smaller niche, then it does come down to the numbers and figuring out what kind of return you're looking for per door Um, figuring out what neighborhoods you're comfortable in, whether you're focusing on cash flow or you're focusing on long-term wealth and debt pay down, really what, what a person's goals are. Um, How did you, with your partners in different cities, how did you figure out the key zip codes to focus on or the, the areas to really drill down in? So Dallas Fort Worth was very, it was based, First Fort Worth. So if you so if you live in Dallas Fort Worth, you're one or the other. I know America likes to say DFW, but if you live there, you're either Fort Worth, Dallas, or somewhere in the mix. Uh, I grew up in the middle in Bedford, but I was born in Fort Worth, so I'm a Fort Worth guy, not a Dallas guy. And I can take shots on them later. <laughs> but so so with with one of my partners, Jerry. He grew up and was born and raised in, in Haltom and in North Richland Hills area. And I was in the mid cities for Shields Bedford. They, they connect eventually to each other. And so we kind of knew that area and we're familiar with that and Arlington, all that. With my other partner in Texas, Dallas, he's in Prosper. And so the things that he was involved in and buy and hold were in Mesquite uh, and parts of South Dallas, which are great areas to pick up properties. Uh, a little bit more expensive, but similar to to Memphis. So again, what we were both comfortable with, that doesn't mean that then deals outside of those places that we like don't come up that we started getting involved in, but we started with, in each of those relationships, what we were familiar with. And Memphis, same thing. There was five, six zip codes or other what you would call towns in Memphis that I knew that with my partner, Here's where I feel comfortable. I'm not saying that we can't look at things that come in, but as far as marketing, this is where I want to market because I feel safe that whether we buy it or we send it on and assign it to someone else, we're good. Same thing in Seattle. Really, it's just King County, which is Seattle, and Snohomish County, which is where I lived, uh, north of of, uh, Seattle and Mill Creek. But again, we've done some things uh, uh, below there and down in, in other counties but we started in our marketing with what we were familiar with. Okay, sure. So for me, 
you know, I kind of, people break down neighborhoods into, you know, A, B, C, D, and your A neighborhoods are going to be primarily homeowners and property taxes are higher and your, your price points higher. So your cash flow will be lower. B neighborhoods, you got some homeowners, some renters. Um, C neighborhoods, primarily renters. And then D neighborhoods are rough. Person's definition of a rough neighborhood will vary, but it's a rough neighborhood. So when I started, I needed cash flow. So I was focused on C neighborhoods, right? Because if I was able to manage uh, the the tenants there, then the return or the cash flow I would get for the cost of that house was much higher. And then later we started adding properties in the B plus A neighborhoods where I didn't need cash flow or a lot of cash flow from the property, but long term I liked that that house, the debt would be paid down and the tenants were easier to manage and the house will most likely appreciate over time because it's a good neighborhood and good schools. So I think people need to consider what their goals are, right? If their goal is quick cash because they need to replace W-2 income, then a neighborhood probably isn't the best place to look. Um, but if if they love their job and this is just a retirement investment, something like that, then the A neighborhood's probably a great place to look. So I think it's good for everybody to be clear on what their goal is, whatever city or larger area they're considering investing in, it's a good idea to kind of carve out color code. What is an A area? What is a B area? What is the D area that you don't wanna look in? no matter how good those numbers look on paper. And if you're not sure where those areas are, um, it's a good idea to network with other investors. And what I would not ask is if you go to a networking event or whether that's online, in person, whatever, I would not say ask other investors, where should I look at buying property, right? Because one, other investors don't, normally like to give advice on what you should do. Um, but additionally, if you're in the same market and looking in the same neighborhood, it, it starts to feel a little competitive if you're saying, yeah, this is the best neighborhood to buy in because of XYZ. So what I would recommend is go to those networking events, talk to other investors, but just ask about them right? Investors love to talk about themselves and what they're doing. And so if you just ask, hey, I hear you're a buy and hold investor. Where do you buy properties? What do you like about the neighborhoods? What's your focus? Are you focused on cash flow or uh, long-term appreciation? And just let them share. It shouldn't be about you, you know, after you talk to all these other investors and get their, their uh, input on their stories, then you can draw your conclusions about what you should act on in your specific situation. Um, but I think that's a great way to learn about the area, learn about other investors, build your network, all of those things um, in an unassuming way. Yeah, I mean, and I learned just, uh, you said a good point, they want to talk, they want to share their knowledge. I mean, most want to shouldn't say most, a lot want to give back. They're not um, just changing the question from where to why. 
Yeah. Why do you, why do you buy there? You know, I, I don't, let's say you're new. Why do you buy there? I, you know, I just like to understand why you buy there. I'm not saying I'm going to buy there. I'm just trying to understand people's success. And if I could be like them, you know, I just want to understand why, why do you wholesale? Why do you buy and hold? Why is it that you just go after probate or, um, you know, but why? Because in each of my cities, right, it's a different strategy. In Seattle, because it's so much capital and I don't live there, it's predominantly just wholesale. You know, we're in Memphis, you know, we're finishing up a project right now and we're going to be all in at 54 or 55 and we can rent for 725. There's not a lot of capital and a lot of my friends and family can be an investor in those projects because I'm not coming to them saying, Hey, I need a half a million dollars for a house and then another 250,000 for the rehab. Oh, by the way, it's a $1.3 million house, but we need 750 right now. That's not my game. And I don't know those type of lenders. So it's just easier to get a house for 170 in a, in a certain part of Washington and sell it for 210 and let that guy or girl make the good flip money because they're well connected with their lenders and they have the cash to do it. You know, Dallas, Fort Worth, I, it's both. I can wholesale because I know what they want, but I can also keep and so to speak, cherry pick and say, and this one's really a good deal. I probably should work harder on raising the money to take it down and keep it than I should on, on wholesaling because wholesaling's in the standpoint of if it's a good deal, if you acquired it, it'll always be easy to sell. But once you sell it, you have to go find another one. And that might be your personality. And you absolutely love that. But like you said, if it's your retirement plan, that's fine. I've got my nine to five. So man, if I wholesale five houses this year and I make 10,000, I just added $50,000 to my retirement, right? But if you're somebody that's wanting to do this full time, every time you sell one of those, you've got to go find another one. You're like, man, that's a deal that could return over and over if I keep it. So I need to keep that one. Sure. Well, I think uh, anybody listening they should have some actionable steps from the discussion. So no matter what market you are in and no matter where you are looking to invest, um, there are successful investors in that market. And I would encourage you to either pick your area based on the area you really know and have a connection to or based on your relationships and that network that you can leverage. And from there, it's just a matter of learning the neighborhood, being clear on your uh, goals and what you are looking to get out of those investments or deals. And no easy solution, just talk to people, learn the area and uh, keep doing it day in and day out. So hey, one, one thing if I could say, Chad, you know this, I had to learn it, but it's not, when you go in there and you really want to learn a city, it's not always the one that's talking the loudest. It's generally the quiet investor or, you know, you say in any kind of problem or any kind of situation or anything, follow the money, find out who's doing the most buying, not the most talking because the talker might just be a coach or, and they're, and they're really good at it and they have a lot of information, but sometimes I want to just talk to the person that's always putting the money on the line in that city they are really successful and really don't have a desire to be on camera, but they still would pass on knowledge. 
It's just not their personality to coach and teach. Nothing wrong with that. They still have a huge amount of knowledge that you could probably learn by asking that why question. Yeah, that's great. That's sharp. And it's a good idea if you can't, if you're not sure how to find those people is just ask who I'm just trying to find information and learn the area. Ask your title company, who are some active investors that would be good for me to talk to ask your insurance agent, you know, ask the realtors, ask and, and get those referrals. I think that that's a good point. Oh, there's a guy that taught me this, Brad, and he was in Colorado and he was a church planner and he flew down here and taught me just a ton on his own dime. And he came down specifically when in a RIA and he wanted me to get some agents, you know, and ask some questions. But we show up at this RIA, you know, and I'm, I'm uh, dressed, you know, I'm trying to dress somewhat, you know, nice pants and a shirt, you know, because I've never been, you know, I don't want to, dude, he's in a hotel. He comes, swings around a picture. He's got a pair of pocket cargo shorts, a t-shirt and some sandals, which one, because he's happy to be in Arizona because he's not in cold Colorado, but he didn't care. And he knew nobody in that room of three or 400 people. And he just started asking questions. Who's buying? Right? Who's buying? And, and then what are they buying? And then people would just go, oh, you want to talk to her? Or, oh, you want to talk? And then he'd just walk over to him and just say, hey, I hear you're one of the buyers around here. You know? And, just, and he didn't talk a lot. And then he would just ask a question. And, and he said, they'll just start giving you information, just listen. And so I just kind of took that as it doesn't matter. Heck, the guy that's usually dressed the worst has probably got the most money because he doesn't care, you know? He's just there for the relationships. And so that's what we did. We just walked around and said, who's buying? And then why are you buying? And man, we came out of that first meeting with just a ton of information. That's sharp, there we go, as simple as that. So, all right. Appreciate having you on the discussion, Chris. Appreciate your insights. And uh, we'll talk again in this next episode. Thanks for listening to the True Wealth Investors podcast. Visit us at truewealthinvestors.com to find archived episodes with show notes and links mentioned in each episode. Be sure to click the subscribe button today and leave us a quick review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to share how the show is helping you along your real estate investing journey.